0: You ever hear yourself saying that you should meditate more, but you just can't seem to do it? Most people know that a spiritual practice is good for them. The science proves it over and over again. But it always sounds like we're going on a diet, and we'll start Monday. This is such a common problem, but how do you solve it? How do you establish a daily practice? Do you need willpower and discipline? Do we need to force ourselves? No, of course not. But then, what's the secret? I want to help you with a few little insights so you can find a daily practice that actually works for you. And that's next. We are in the middle of a spiritual revolution and we know we need to change. But what are the secrets to spiritual growth and awakening? How do you get rid of the false beliefs and dogmas that no longer serve you? How do you see through your own spiritual BS? I'm Alex Vachala, a.k.a. The Dutch Taoist, and welcome to my podcast. This summer I created an online course, Ground to Relax, and I found a very interesting fact that actually shocked me, which is, how many people do you think that actually finish an online course? What's the dropout rate? Just, Just take a guess. Well, turns out, 96% of the people who take an online course don't finish it. 96%. That's a staggering amount. And it really made me think, we, we don't seem to have willpower or discipline. And I hear this all the time all around me in my own life, people saying I should meditate more. So let's find out what's going on and how we can change that. And my first question is always, if you want to meditate, Why do you want to do it? What's your motivation when you say, I should meditate more? Do you have to do this or do you want to do this? To have to do something, that's your superego talking. That's the voice in your head saying we should be good and do this or do that. Otherwise, we're bad people. But your superego is not going to get you anywhere if you want to establish a lifelong practice, which is what we want or you know, what the superego thinks we should want. Now, the only thing that's going to get us anywhere is a desire. If you have a strong desire, then you'll probably do it. It's like, you want ice cream? You're going to get the ice cream, right? So, someone asked my guru, uh, how did he reach enlightenment? How did he reach his, his state of consciousness, which call was called Nivhikapa Samadhi? which is very, very rare. And he said just one word, desire. And that desire helped him to sit in a small room for many, many years without talking at all until he reached that state of consciousness because his desire was that strong. But you're going to say, uh, you know, I have so many desires, but uh, my desire for enlightenment is not just not strong enough. Okay, let's work with that and take a little step back as to what desire actually is because we're all the product of evolution and our evolutionary impulse fuels our strongest needs and desires. So you want to eat, you want to have sex, you want safety and love and happiness because the higher desires that we have, love, art, self-expression, they seem to be a part of this evolutionary impulse as well. And this is exactly what many spiritual thinkers see as the epitome of our evolution, and that's our deepest desire to grow as human beings into spiritual beings. It sounds philosophical, but actually it's very simple, because everything in nature wants to grow, and express itself and god or the dao or, or source of whatever you want to call it wants to express itself fully through you so that's a very elaborate way of saying that actually deep down you want to meditate it's in your dna you want to grow in a spiritual sense it's what you're here for So, all the other desires, they're just a distraction. Once you're able to clear yourself from from your fears and your superficial desires, and you're able to look deep down into your core being, you'll find a spiritual desire that's behind everything you do. And even that sounds way too complicated uh, because you can call it any name you want love, truth, bliss peace, health, immortality, or you know happiness. So let's go back to meditation. If you're able to connect one of these deeper desires to the habit of meditating, that would probably be a big help for your motivation. So let's take love or peace or bliss, which is what a- what actually is happiness is bliss. It's, it's very easy to see that we all want love. We, we all want to experience that and happiness and peace. And, and bliss and happiness are the result of meditation. It's a very direct way of accessing that. You're not taking a detour through relationships or a lot of money to find love or security. You go direct to the source of love and happiness and peace. So, meditation or a spiritual practice will absolutely fulfill your deepest desires. And that's number one, desire. Now, let's talk about establishing a habit. Because willpower or discipline, really, it doesn't help you. And that's been studied by scientists. They found that people who think, that we think of as having a lot of willpower... Actually, they use very little willpower to do what they do. And I can completely agree with that. People always think that I have extreme willpower because I practice Qigong and meditation for hours and hours a day, which is true. But to me, it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like playing. You know, it's, uh, I'm just playing. I'm just doing what I like. But I do know why I do it. I know I'm after some kind of result. I wanna feel better. So I connect my practice to a desire that I have, relaxation and health and love, and all these things I'm, I'm getting out of my practice. And that's a fact. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother to spend even one minute doing it. But what I do have is habits a lot of small daily habits. I'll try out a technique for a few weeks, for instance, because in Taoism you have a lot of techniques uh, to choose from. And when I'm convinced that it's good for me because I feel the result and I like doing it, then I will decide, okay, I'm going to do this every morning or every lunch or in the evening, and then I'll just do it. So the decision is the only time when I use willpower. And, and then I just stop thinking about it. I just do it. So when I started out on the path, um, I wanted to meditate twice a day because I thought it would deepen my practice. But most people can't seem to do uh, meditation twice a day, which is understandable because, and this happened with me too, the morning meditation is actually pretty easy. You get out of bed and you, you just sit. And, and that's easy, and it becomes a habit, but the evening meditation is a lot more difficult, because number one, you're tired, right, you, 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 you come back home from work, and you have kids, and you're tired, and number two, there's always something going on, distractions, there's always a lot of reasons not to meditate in the evening, and and when I discovered that it was really hard for me to get myself to meditate in the evening, which means it took me a lot of willpower to do it, then I just made a decision and I said, from now on, there's no reason, no excuse, good enough to not meditate. So I will meditate in the evening no matter what. And it doesn't have to be an hour. could be five minutes, you know, but I'm going to do the five minutes no matter what. And guess what? Once you sit for five minutes, it actually feels pretty good and you don't want to get up. And I discovered it was a lot easier to do it early in the evening when you still have some energy than late at night because once you turn on that television or laptop or iPad, you get into this state of passivity where you don't want to do anything anymore. So after making that decision, I never had to use my willpower again. Sounds strange, but that's actually just what it is. And I just did it. Maybe it sounds like a a mind trick or something, but it's actually not a trick. It's a method. And I've been meditating twice a day ever since. And that's decades ago. And it doesn't cost me any energy. It gives me energy. Because that's what uh, spiritual practice is supposed to do. It's not... It's not supposed to cost you uh, any energy. It's supposed to give you energy. And I see that most people I know, they're just not able to establish that practice. They keep trying to use their willpower, and it never works. So that's my advice. Connect your spiritual practice to a deep desire that all human beings have, love, happiness, relaxation. Then establish a habit and stay away from your willpower and discipline. And the last thing, of course, is to find a practice or technique that resonates with you, that feels natural for you, and that you actually like to do. Because you have to like it. This seems to be a problem with so many people as well. You know, they think they should do this or that meditation, but they don't actually like it. It's better to find an easy practice that you like to do and it doesn't seem so hard than to go for the difficult ones, where you go crazy because you're just trying to battle your thoughts all, time, all the time. Or you have to practice these complicated visualizations. It's not necessary. Just observe your breath. Or, or like in Taoism, just practice your inner smile, which is a very simple technique. But simple techniques are usually the most profound and, and once you get to the high-level complicated ones, you always go back to the simple ones because really spirituality is all about simplicity. And, and the last thing I want to say is that don't try to set any unrealistic goals. I have to do this. I have to reach this state of consciousness. Just enjoy the journey. That's the best advice I can give you. Enjoy your practice. So I hope this inspires you to find a practice and actually start doing it. And then you'll be on your way. And I wish you all the best on your journey. So thank you very much for listening and bye.